Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I want to thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 84321, and when you search, just search Word of Life Carlsbad. Hallelujah. I love it when the lights come up and I get to see your faces. Praise God. Praise God. You can tell your neighbor, say, he's talking about me, because I am. Hallelujah. And it is a great day to worship Jesus. It is a great day to open the Word of God and to hear what God's got to say to us. Praise God. And we're going to dismiss our bridge class right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I have got some exciting things to share with you from God's Word today. Last week we began a, a series of messages that we called um, Harmony. And we talked about... Um, living in harmony with Christ, living in harmony with Jesus. Praise God. And you see, it's important that we understand that uh, the Christian life is not hard. Some people think it's hard and I'll just say this. If you believe the Christian life is, is hard to live. Well, probably the reason you think that is because somebody along the line has convinced you of that. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And last week I, I, I shared with you that it is not hard to live the Christian life. Praise God. Praise God. You know, it, it ought to be as natural as breathing. Praise God. Because that's who you are. Praise God. That's who you are. Hallelujah. And so let me just welcome everyone who's joining us online. And let me just have everyone here today. In fact, if you're watching online, you're joining us. Thank you for for uh, logging on and joining us today. I, I keep wanting to say tuning in, but you don't tune in anymore. You log on. Okay. And so Thank you for logging on and, and joining us today. And let's just all say this together. Say, I am good ground for the Word of God. I am going to receive the Word of God. I'm going to receive it as in good ground. And it's going to produce fruit in my life. And I thank you, Father, that today my understanding has been enlightened. And I'm going to see fresh truth today in a way that I've never seen it before. And I thank you that it will be spirit and life to me. And I thank you that I will be transformed today because my mind is going to be renewed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Do you believe that? Do you believe what you just said? Hallelujah. You see, because that's, that's why we do what we do. The, the point is 
for us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so we teach the Word of God for that express purpose to help you renew your mind and to begin to think differently. You know, and, and the Bible talks about repentance. Well, here's what the Scripture says, that Jesus went and he preached repent and believe in the gospel. So when he's, the way that he worded that there, repent just means to change your mind and believe in the gospel. Gospel is good news. So apparently those that he was preaching to, and of course we know it's the truth from, from studying other scriptures as well, but they were not believing good news. They, they were believing something that was, uh, you know, they, they, were, they were under law and law is not good news. See, here's the thing about law. Law is you break the law, you pay the penalty. You know, if you want to receive God's blessings, you got to keep all the commandments. And but then the 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 thing is that about the law is that no one could keep all the commandments. But praise God, the good news is that Jesus Christ became the curse. See, the curse came because we didn't keep the commandments. And so Jesus became the curse for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? For, see, that's good news. Believe in the good news. So today, I want to encourage you to believe in the good news. I've got, I've got amazing news for you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you see... When you begin to get a hold of this, you know, and don't let this be the only time you think about this. I want you to go home thinking about this. I want you to go to bed tonight thinking about this. I want you to get up in the morning thinking about this because it's as we think about it, it that it begins to change and transform our lives and we begin to see a difference in our lives. Hallelujah. You see, we have thought about so many things just completely backwards when it comes to, to the things of God. We have thought we had to change and, and, and change our behavior so that God could bless us. You see, God blesses us, and because he blessed us, our behavior changes. See, we've, we've had it completely backwards. We thought that we keep the, uh, that, that we keep the commandments and that would cause God to accept us. But see, here's the good news. The good news is, remember Jesus said, repent and believe the good news. The good news is that we believe the gospel and the gospel starts to change our behavior. Praise God. Praise God. That's the way it's supposed to work. Hallelujah. And so we're going to share some good news with you today. Who's ready to change your mind about some things? Amen. About four of you are, praise God. The rest of you I don't know about, but, uh, you know, if you'll change your mind, you're going to find out that this Christian life is easy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's ever had a hangover? There's been quite a few of you that you've had a hangover. How many of you have ever been in jail? You know, I got news for you, and I'm sure that all of those who raised their hands to that would say 
that living the Christian life is easier than that. Hallelujah. It's a whole lot easier than that. Praise God. Praise God. You can live a life without regrets. You can li live a life without having to, to look over your shoulder all the time to see who's after you. Praise God. Aren't you glad about that? Praise God. Praise God. Well, if, in Colossians chapter 3, here is a, a key word, and we're going to talk about this more later on, but Colossians chapter 3, verse number 3, the first three words are, for you died. For you died. Plant that in your thinking. Because I want you to begin to, to be conscious of the fact that you died. Now, why do we struggle to live the Christian life? Because we don't realize that we died. We don't realize that we died. And we're trying to live according to the memory of that old man. He's dead. He's gone. He ain't coming back. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let's go back, and we're going to jump into this and, and, and work our way towards that idea. But keep that in your mind. I died with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That old man is gone. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, verse 17 says that, uh, I had it right on the tip of my tongue. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says that uh, uh, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away and all things have have become new. Praise God. Praise God. And we start, we titled this message Harmony because this is the words that begin to go over in my spirit about living in harmony with Jesus. Praise God. Now, the Bible says that He is the head and we are the body. Praise God. He is the head and we are the body. We are all individually members of the body of Christ. He is the head, and we are members of the body. <clears throat> Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 13. Here's what it says. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And we began, we began our message last week by having our worship team up here, and they began, I had each, I had uh, Isaiah and Alyssa that were, that were up here last week, and they began to sing their harmony lines to a song without the rest of, they just sang by themselves just their harmony line. And... We noticed, you know, they did a good job, but it really became beautiful 
when the harmonies were all blended together. Praise God. Now, let me read this to you um, the way I paraphrased this verse, okay? It's all right if I paraphrase, as long as I tell you it's my paraphrase, okay? I understand, you know, my paraphrase uh, is not equivalent to the God-given inspired scripture. It's, it is just that. It is my paraphrase, okay? So understand that. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith into perfect harmony with Jesus and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man making beautiful music with him to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that his song is heard in a way that he intended for it to be played. You see, for a person who has a tuned musical ear, it's easier to sing in harmony than it is to sing off key. You know, a person that is that has a, a tuned musical ear to sing off key is a difficult thing to do. If if I had asked these that were up here uh, last Sunday to sing in different keys. They probably could not have done it because you naturally, the, that tuned musical ear, you hear it in your head and you naturally attune with the key that the song is in. Each one singing a different note, but they are tuned together so that it is heard as one sound. Yeah. What I mean, Jesus has gone back to heaven. Jesus is seated there at the right hand of the Father. And we live our lives in tune with him so that it is as one sound. Praise God. We have become one with him. He is the head. You are the hands, you are the feet, you are the eyes, you are the, the ears, you are the nose, you are the, you know, you are the parts of the body of Christ. Praise God. But you function together with him for one purpose. Praise God. And that's what he's called you to do. It's, in fact, it says this, the apostle Paul wrote this to the Corinthians. He said the feet, the, or the head, Jesus, cannot say to the feet, I have no need of you. Why? He needs you to make up the, you see, what's he doing at the right hand of the Father? The Bible says he is there interceding for you. He is interceding for us. He is directing from the right hand of the Father. He is directing the church. Praise God. But you know what Jesus is not doing and what he needs you to do? He is not going to your neighbor and sharing the gospel with them. He is not, you know, he, he left this job of preaching on Sunday morning here to me. Now, if he showed up, I'll gladly turn over the pulpit to him. But, you know, um, that's my job. That's what I've been given to do. You know, he gave you the job to go to your place of employment this week and to bring light 
into the darkness that exists there. Praise God. To turn, when you walk in, it ceases to be dark because you are the light. Hallelujah. We say Jesus is the light of the world. Not anymore. You are the light of the world. He, Jesus said that. He said you are the light of the world. He came into the world as light, but now he is in you, and therefore you have become the light of the world. Praise God. Praise God. So let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 18. It says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would be the body? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Now let me just say this. Do you seem to be weaker than the head, Jesus? I do. You know, I mean, if you're comparing me to Jesus, yes, I seem to be weaker. But he says those who seem to be weaker are necessary. Hallelujah. So let me just tell you this. Jesus considers you necessary. Praise God. He considers you necessary. Now, that, that is a change in our way of thinking. Sometimes we think, how could I ever be necessary to Jesus? I mean, after all, he's Jesus, the Son of God. He is God, the Word. How could I be necessary to Jesus? Well, he said you are. Praise God. He said you are. Why? Because he's not going into your workplace. He's not going into your neighborhood. He's not going to your family gathering. He's not going to the softball complex or the, the, the sports complex except in you. So you are necessary to carry him there. Praise God. You are necessary to carry him there. That's what feet do. They carry, Jesus is the head, but the feet are necessary to carry him where he wants to go. He wants to go to your neighborhood. He wants to go to your workplace. He wants to go into your school. Praise God. You know, I, I've told our school kids that, uh, you know, people say, well, Jesus is not welcome in our schools. Yes, he is because they welcome you there. And if you go there, he's there. And unless they ban you, they can't ban him. Hallelujah. They can't keep him out as long as they let Christian students go there. Praise God. They can't keep him out of the workplace because they let Christians go to work. Hallelujah. And they even pay you to go there. Praise God. So Jesus gets to go there in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how do you live the Christian life? 
Now, first, you, you need to understand that living the Christian life does not mean that you are just living out or following a prescribed set of rules. You see, the Bible, for a long time we thought of the Bible as a rule book. It's not a rule book. It's a revelation of a person, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not a rule book. Change your thinking. When you open your Bible, instead of seeing it as this is the rules of life, this is the rule book, start to think of it as a revelation of a person named Jesus. Praise God. Every verse in the Bible, every part of the Bible is about Jesus. You know, Jesus said this, or the scripture says this about Jesus, that after he was raised from the dead, that he met some disciples that were walking on the road, and he joined them, and he started walking with them, and they didn't recognize him. And it says that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He started, it says, at Moses and the prophets and revealed to them the things about himself. Moses and all the prophets, and he revealed to them the things about himself. You see, the whole thing from Genesis 1-1, in fact, I like to say it this way, the very first words in the Bible are, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. Now, we jump over to the book of Revelation, and it says he is the Alpha, which is beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So, he is the beginning, and it says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. So the very first words, in the beginning, the third word in the Bible is Jesus beginning. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of the one body being many are one, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If therefore the body, uh, if, there, if it is therefore not of the body, I skipped something there, uh, skipped a line. No wonder it didn't make sense. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body 
just as he pleased. So now in keeping with our message title of harmony, it is as though Jesus, the head of the body, who I said last week is the lead singer in this song that we have joined him in, if he is the lead singer, it is as though Jesus turns to you and he says, you're an alto, you're a soprano, you're a tenor, you're a bass. See, and he, he set each one into the body just as he pleased, into the song, into the chord. So when we add our part together with his, praise God, he's the lead singer, and we join in harmonies with him to sing a beautiful song that God himself has composed. Praise God. Praise God. He has set each member in the body just as he pleased. If they were all one member, where would be the body? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. And nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now, let's go to Colossians, the third chapter. And I want you to see this. I'm going to talk to you about how do you go about living this Christian life. Now, I'm not going to give you a set of rules and say you need to, if you keep these rules, then you're living the Christian life. These are the rules of the Christian. That's, that's not what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to deal with something, and this is something that, you know, when somebody talks about how to live the Christian life, generally they talk about what rules do you need to keep. But that's not what we're going to do. We're going to talk about how you need to think. Praise God. How you need to think, how you need to believe. See, because if you're struggling with, the reason you're struggling is because you've got some wrong beliefs. Praise God. You have some wrong beliefs. And so rather than approaching this from the point or the perspective of changing your behavior, we're going to approach this from the perspective of changing what you believe, changing what you think. Hallelujah. Praise God, because the Scripture says that we are transformed not by correcting our wrong behavior. We are transformed by renewing our minds. Praise God. Let me say that again. Transformation takes place not by changing your behavior. Transformation takes place by renewing your mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when we approach things from a behavioral perspective, then we may change our behavior, but it still doesn't change the way that we think, and it doesn't make it any easier to live the Christian life. But when you are transformed by the renewing of your mind and you start to think right and you start to believe right, then you find out one day that your behavior has changed automatically. Praise God. Praise God. Colossians chapter 3, and I gave you this phrase to think about, verse number 3, for you died. Now, he's talking about the old man there, 
the old man that you used to be. You died. And then he goes on and he says, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. Now, certainly there is a truth here that, that is a, a very surface level truth that he's talking about the time when Jesus returns to this earth and he returns and, and when we see him, when he appears, we will also appear with him. But there's a deeper truth that I want you to get a hold of today. When he appears, and I'm not talking now about when he comes back, but I'm talking about when he shows up in our life, when he becomes evident in our life, you will appear with him in glory. And this is what the apostle Paul said. He said, Christ in us is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And this is the thing that will transform your life when you begin to be conscious of the fact that Christ is in you. And I say this many times because you need to get a hold of this. Christ in you. It didn't say Jesus in you. It said Christ in you. Now, there's a very, you know, he's not just using Jesus' middle name because Christ is not his middle name. It's not his last name. Christ means anointed. Christ is who he, who's who Jesus is. Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. But it says, now you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. You are the body. Now, why did Jesus do what he did when he walked on this earth why did Jesus do, or how was he able to do what he did? How was he able to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil? Notice what it said there. Acts, it's Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It's not in your outline that I've, I've given you. But Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter is preaching at Cornelius' house, and he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil. Now, here's something that we uh, have failed to talk about. I know I've never actually talked about this before, but I've, I've never actually heard anyone talk about it either. Acts 10.38, God anointed him who went about doing good, and we talked about the, that God was with him, so he healed but let me also point out to you the first thing it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good. Praise God. Praise God. So let me just say this. The doing good part is as supernatural as the healing all that were oppressed to the devil. You see, you are anointed to do good. Yeah, you're anointed to heal, 
just like Jesus was because the same anointing that rested upon him rests upon you. You are anointed to heal, to minister healing, but you are also anointed to do good. How could you ever possibly heal anyone? Because you are anointed to heal. Now, we've already discussed the how can you ever live the Christian life? How can you ever do good? How could you ever, let's say it this way, how could you ever keep the commandments? We've, already, we've talked about that you can't keep the commandments. In and of your own strength, you cannot keep all the commandments. But here's what he said. Jesus was anointed and went about doing good. Praise God. You are anointed to do good. Now, I've heard, I've heard preachers say this. I've, I've probably said it. I don't specifically recall saying it, but I probably have because I know I've thought it. You know, I'm anointed to preach it, not to live it. But let me just say this. I am anointed to live it. I am anointed to live it. I am anointed to do good. Praise God. I am anointed not to bear false witness, but to tell the truth. I am anointed not to commit adultery, but to be faithful to my wife. I am anointed. See, we, we fail to get this sometimes. He was anointed of the Holy Spirit, and he went about doing good. We know that Jesus was sinless. He lived a sinless life. He was anointed to live a sinless life. He was anointed to do good, and you are anointed to do good. You are anointed not to murder. Praise God. Let that sink in for a little bit. You know, take that home with you. Go to sleep with that tonight. Wake up with that tonight or in the morning. Praise God. You are anointed to do good. How are you going to do good? How are you going to keep the, the commandments? How are you going to live right? You're going to live right because you are anointed to live right. And I've said this many times, and it applies right here too. You will never go and minister healing to the sick until you believe you can live, that, that you can minister healing to the sick, right? You'll never go, the Bible says these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will never lay hands on the sick and see them recover until you believe you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. You will never live right until you believe that you are anointed to live right. Hallelujah. And when you begin to understand that you are anointed to do good, then, then you'll never walk in the blessing of that. Hallelujah. Why are so many Christians struggling because they don't believe they're anointed to live it? But I'm here to tell you, you can't live it without being anointed to live it. 
But if you are anointed to live it, which you are, the anointing, the same anointing that empowers you to lay hands on the sick and they recover, that same anointing also empowers you to do good. Hallelujah. That's fresh off the press this morning. So, you know, I mean, that, that is right direct from the Spirit of God, and you need to receive that today. If you're struggling, begin to, you know, don't, don't be saying, well, I'm anointed. I, I'm not anointed to live it. You are anointed to live it. I'm anointed to live it. Praise God. The reason you struggle to live the Christian life is because you're expecting it to be a struggle. You're expecting it to be hard. Well, it's, it's hard. It's just hard. How many times have you said that? Come on now. How many times have you said, well, it's hard to live this life. It's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to, to, to live right. It's hard to not, you know. And every time you say it's hard, you're convincing yourself more and more. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. That's why it's hard. Praise God. So begin to change what you're saying. And when you change what you're saying, you'll change what you're believing. So begin to say, I am anointed to live this. I am anointed to do good. I'm anointed to live right. Praise God. Now, Colossians 3, you died. Now, look at this. Think about this for a minute. Reconcile this in your mind. You died, so stop living the memory of the old man. Hallelujah. You died, so stop living the memory of of the old. That's all that's left of him. If anyone is in Christ, who's in Christ? Come on. We, we got a dozen that time. Come on. How, how many is in Christ? Let's, let's, you know, you're in Christ. Okay. If you are in Christ, old things are passed away. And all things have become New. So if old things are passed away, all that's left is the memory of them. Praise God. So since you died, stop living the memory of the old man. Your new man doesn't like living like the old man. That's why it's hard. Your new man that, it, that is created in Christ Jesus for good works doesn't like living like the old man. Praise God. And you will always struggle as long as you try to live the memory of the old man. Praise God. So reconcile this in your mind. He's gone. He is gone, and he is not coming back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how about this? Since he's not coming back, 
go ahead and get rid of his stuff. Okay? Since he's not coming back, it's okay to go ahead and get rid of his stuff. Don't sell it. Just take it. Don't take it to Goodwill. Don't take his stuff and, you know, and give it to someone else. Take his stuff and take it to the dumpster. Okay? The old man is gone, so get rid of his stuff. It's junk. It's no good. It's worthless to you. Praise God. You got no use for the old man's stuff, so go ahead and get rid of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16. It says this, Let the word of Christ... Remember the word Christ. Let's let's not let's get past the thing of trying to to uh, uh, interchange Christ and Jesus. Okay, Jesus was the name that was given to a baby that was born in Bethlehem that grew up into a man and at thirty three years of age went to the cross. Jesus is the name that is given to him, but Christ means the anointed, okay? So, so let's keep that in mind. Look at this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ the word of the Christ, the word of the anointing, praise God. And who is the body of Christ? Who is the embodiment of the anointing? We are, praise God. You are, praise God. So let the word of the anointing that is, and, and the word of the anointing tells you that the anointing is in and upon you. Praise God. This is why the scripture says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And I know the King James, New King James, both say the word of God. But if you look at that, that word God up there, it is the word Christos, which means Christ. So he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christos. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Christ. And the Christ is in you and you are the embodiment of the Christos. Praise God. You are the embodiment of the anointing. So let the word about the anointing dwell in you richly. In other words, he's saying, be very aware, be very conscious of the fact that you are the embodiment of the anointing. And you are anointed to what? Do good and heal all that were oppressed of the devil. But you are anointed to do good. Praise God. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, 
but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Now, New King James says, I live by the faith in the Son of God, but it is a more accurate way to translate that. I live by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, His faith is in you. Why is the anointed of His, uh, or why is the faith of Christ in you? Because He dwells in you. Praise God. When He moved in, the anointing moved in with Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. I live by that faith. Hallelujah. Now, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 4. Here's what it says. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why have you overcome them? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. Get that. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. How could you not overcome? Praise God. You are anointed. You are anointed. The saint, you have an anointing from the Holy One. Praise God. Get that. You have an anointing from the Holy One. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 10. It says, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested, where? In your body. That the life of Jesus may be manifested in your body. Praise God. The Apostle John wrote, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That the life of Jesus might be manifested in your body. Praise God. Praise God. In other words, let's look at that again. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, because he died, now his life is manifested in your body. Praise God. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in your, notice this, mortal flesh. In your mortal flesh. So it could not be talking about one day when we all get to heaven. Because you won't have mortal flesh when we all get to heaven. 
He said that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. That's here now in this life because your flesh, when we all get to heaven, will not be mortal anymore. So he has to be talking about right now. You can live this life because you are anointed to live this life. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Romans chapter 2, verse number 1. Notice what he says here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse number two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when your mind is renewed to what God said about this, when your mind is changed from thinking, I can't, to thinking, I am anointed to, hallelujah, then transformation takes place. You become transformed from that old way of thinking. Now, remember, the old man, he's already gone. He's already dead and gone. So, stop thinking like, you know, I remember, I remember uh, about six years ago when my mother passed away. Um, a few days later, after she passed away, I started to go see her just out of habit. You know, I was used to when I'm over in a certain part of town, I would swing by and visit her. And I started to go see her one day. This was just a few days after she had passed away. I started to go see her. You see, she was gone. She wasn't there. And there would have been no purpose in me going by there. The old man that you used to be is gone. See, I had to stop acting like she was still here. And I had to start acting like she's gone. Now, my old man, he ain't here anymore. And he ain't coming back. So I need to stop acting like he's here. I, I need to stop doing the things that were pleasing to him. You know, just like I had to stop doing the things that were pleasing to her. It pleased her that I would come see her. 
So that's why I did it. But when I'm conscious that the old man is not here anymore, there's no reason to try to do anything to please him. Hallelujah. So get this consciousness down. He is gone. And he is not coming back. Get rid of his stuff. Get rid of the memories of him because he's not here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That the life of Jesus might be manifested in your flesh because you are anointed of the Holy Spirit and with power to go about doing good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we thank you today. We thank you today that in Christ we have been made new creatures. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you are in this room today or if you're watching online, you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. All I've talked about is Jesus in you, Christ in you. Well, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, he's not in you. He can be. It only takes just a moment. And he can be. He's ready to move in. He's already ready. He's standing there ready, knocking on your door to let him move in. Praise God. But here's what you have to do to do that. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And when you are saved, he moves on the inside of you, and the anointing moves on the inside of you. Praise God. I'm not talking about changing your behavior. I've talked all morning about you are anointed to do good. The anointing in you empowers you to do all that. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. That's not what this is about. This is about receiving Jesus, his life in you. The Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. First and foremost, let's take care of getting you born again. And then all these things begin to apply to your life. Praise God. So it's very simple. I want you to just pray a prayer with me. I want everyone in this room to pray this. And if you're watching online, just say this right now. Say this with me. And if you say it and you believe it, then according to God's word, you are saved. Hallelujah. So let's just say this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sins, and you raised him to new life so I could live again, so I could have new life. Thank you, Jesus, for bearing my sins and paying the punishment that belonged to me. And today I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad.com. 
or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.